Today we're kicking off a new major series of messages that we're calling One Change. One Change. And it's all about pursuing change so that we can better pursue Jesus Christ. Sometimes we need to make a, a little adjustment. We, we need to make some change in our lives to better pursue Jesus. It's all about pursuing whatever change it is that you may need to make to pursue him in a far greater way. And it's kind of like a cyclist in a race, a bicyclist in a race who, who sees that opponent ahead of him that always beats him, that always gets across the finish line first, but then who sets his sights on chasing him and passing him, who then seals in his heart to change his position and never again let that other person overcome him. Folks, in this series, we're going to encourage you to be like a cyclist. All right? Anybody like to ride bikes? Three of you. No, okay. <laughs> we're going to encourage you to be like a cyclist. We're going to encourage you to pursue making at least one change that will allow you to better get after it, better Pursue after Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said? Amen. Now, God loves you just the way you are. He does. But he loves you way too much to let you just stay that way. God wants to help you pursue his son to become more and more like Jesus. So during the next 10 weeks, we're going to look at some areas of your life, areas of my life, some, some areas in which you may need to make a change to better pursue Jesus. And you may find that you need to stop doing some things to better pursue Jesus. You, you may find, when we get into this series, that you may need to slow down if you're ever going to really make Jesus first in your life and pursue Him better. You may find that you need to Get on a whole different road, maybe take a detour, a whole different direction you need to go if you're really going to pursue Jesus in your life. In this series, you may need to, to maybe do a U-turn. Where is it? U-turn right here. You might need to say, man, I'm, I'm totally going the wrong direction. If I'm going to pursue Jesus, i got to turn around. You may find that you need to yield your will to God's will to better pursue Jesus. So the question I want to begin with is this. How does God go about changing us? What, what part does God play in changing us? Now, now, we all know there's some things that we, we need to do. We all know that we can resist God and we can resist what God wants us to do. We, we know that. But what's God's part? What is God doing to change us? to help us become like his son, Jesus. Well, take a look at this. The Bible says on the screen, here it is. As God's spirit works within us, we are being transformed to become more like Christ. This change, one degree from one degree of glory to another degree, comes from the Lord. You see, God places his Holy Spirit in the heart of of each follower of Jesus. 
And God's Holy Spirit is working in our hearts to help us follow Jesus. He's calling us. He's convicting us. He's challenging us. He's forgiving us. He's empowering us. He's encouraging us. He's doing all of those things to help us change one degree at a time so that we might better pursue Jesus. That's what God is doing. And as he works in us and as we listen to him and follow him, we begin to make more godly choices. And we do begin to change. And as he works in us one degree at a time, we become more and more like Jesus. Now, we don't become like Jesus completely overnight. It's a process. It's it's a big process. It's, It's a lifelong process. It's a process that Jesus will complete that day that we see him face to face. And the Bible says when we see him, we will be like him. He'll finish the process then. So how do you start How do you pursue change to better pursue Jesus? I mean, what's required for real change to take place? I mean, we all try from time to time to to be better, to do better, to be more like Christ, but what's required for real change to take place? Well, write this down. First of all, change requires coaching. It requires some coaching. Now, coaching is needed for change to take place. God has always used coaches to help people change. So to pursue change, to better pursue Jesus, you need a coach. You really do need a coach. Now, we all make changes more quickly if we've got an experienced tutor, an experienced trainer, or a coach to help us. We grow faster with a trainer. We learn better and do more excellent things with a coach. We grow faster with a spiritual partner, a spiritual mentor, somebody who's motivating us. I mean, even multi-million dollar superstars need coaches. Athletes need coaches. Singers have coaches. CEOs of Fortune 500, top companies, they have coaches. And you too need a coach to help you pursue the changes that you need to make to better pursue Jesus. So what does a coach do? Well, a coach just speaks into your life to help you identify the changes you need to make to pursue and reach your potential, to help you minimize your weaknesses, see where you may be going wrong, or to help you maximize your strengths. And when you look in the Bible, you find that all the great leaders had coaches. They all had coaches. Joshua was coached by Moses. Elisha was coached by Elijah. David was coached by Samuel. Solomon was coached by David. The 12 disciples were all coached by Jesus. Timothy was coached by Paul. They all have coaches. Everybody needs a coach. I've been coached. I have coaches. I've coached other people. We, we, we all need to have a coach. And the Bible says this, Christ gifted some of us to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers so that his people would learn to serve and his body would grow strong. 
And this will continue until we're united by our faith and understanding of the Son of God. Then we will be mature just as Christ is. And we will be completely like Him. God has given to His church people to be coaches. And right here He names apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. God has given to His church coaches to help us mature and become more like Jesus. Now, everybody needs a coach, and everybody needs to coach someone else. Our elders, our our staff, we're coaching people, and we're willing to coach people. And we are coaching right now some people, but we can't coach everyone. And so are you willing to coach someone? Are you willing to come alongside one? I mean, we can help you know how to start. We could put material in your hands. Are you willing to be a coach And are you willing to be coached? How do you pursue change? Well, change requires some coaching. Somebody to come along and speak into your life and help you make godly choices. Next, change requires truth. Write that down, truth. The night before Jesus went to the cross, he prayed to the Father. And he asked the Father to complete his disciples by using truth. And then he stated what truth is. Take a look at this scripture. Jesus said, Father, use the truth to make them complete. Your word is truth. God wants us to become more complete. He's saying, Father, use your truth to mature them, to sanctify them, or to set them apart for for you, to grow them, to transform them, to change them. God, use your word, the truth, to help them. The bottom line is this. If you want to change some area of your life to be more like Jesus, you need to know the truth. First of all, you've got to know what God says. And then you've got to apply the truth of God to that area of your life. And when you do that, the Bible says this. Then, When you've applied the truth of God to your life, then you will no longer be like children, forever changing our minds about what we believe because someone has told us something different or made a lie sound like the truth. Instead, we will hold to the truth in love, becoming more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Folks, we need to hold on to the truth. Hold to the truth. Model your life after the truth, which is the word of God. And you'll change. And you'll become more like Jesus. How do you pursue change? Change requires, first of all, coaching. It requires knowing and applying the truth of God to your lives. Third, write this down. Then change requires new thinking. New thinking. Change always starts in our minds. The way we think is the way we behave. Now listen close. If you want to be different this year, if you want to somehow be better this year, then you're going to have to stop conforming and start transforming. You're going to have to stop conforming to what the world says is right, and you're going to need to start transforming to what God says in His Word is right. You've got to start thinking the way that God thinks about things. If you're ever going to change, the Bible says this. Look at this. Don't. Look at that first word. It's big. It's important. Don't copy 
the behavior and the customs of this world. But let God transform you. Let God change you into a new person by changing the way you think. So listen, don't copy the world. Got one duck here who's decided to not copy everybody else. Amen? Don't copy the direction and the behaviors of the world. And I would like to add, don't be afraid to be the odd duck. In our society, don't be, able to, don't be afraid to be the odd duck going the opposite direction of the sinful direction of your friends or even your family members. Don't be afraid. If they're copying the behavior and the customs of the world, don't be afraid to be the odd duck out and go towards God instead. Let God change you and redirect you. And, and letting God change you starts with changing the way you think. And changing the way you think starts with changing what you put into your mind most. And what you think about most. The Bible says this, don't keep living as the ungodly do, for they are hopelessly confused in their thinking. Their closed minds are full of darkness. They are far away from the life that God gives because they have shut their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They don't care anymore about right and wrong, and they've indulged themselves in all kinds of immorality evil thinking, and the constant desire for more. Folks, was that scripture written yesterday about our culture? No, that scripture was written 2,000 years ago. But it's absolutely true about so many in our culture today. And I'm sad to say it's absolutely true about so many in our churches today. So many don't care about right and wrong anymore. And they've indulged themselves in all kinds of immorality and evil thinking. So folks, it's time to stop conforming and start transforming. It's time to stop conforming to please people. And it's time to start transforming to please our God. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. The Bible says this, instead there must be a spiritual renewal of your thoughts, of your thinking, of your thoughts and attitudes. The Bible goes on and says, let the Spirit change your way of thinking. Get into God's Word. Look at the truth of God and let the Spirit of God change your way of thinking. It's time to change your thinking. It's time to let God change your direction to one of copying and following the model of Jesus Christ alone. Amen? It's time to change your thinking. But how do you pursue change? It requires new thinking. And then next, write this down. And it requires Cleaning house. It requires cleaning house. It's time for all of us to do some serious spring cleaning of our house. Amen. <laughs> some serious spring cleaning of our hearts, of our minds, of our bodies. God says, get rid of your old self which made you live as you used to, the old self that was being destroyed by its deceitful desires. God's saying, get rid of it. At times, we need to get rid of some of the stuff that's packed into our houses. We need to get rid of some of the stuff that's not benefiting us. 
Get rid of some of the stuff that's in the way of pursuing Jesus. And in the same way, at times, we need to just get rid of some of the stuff that's in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives. Some of the old stuff left over from our old lives before we met Jesus. The Bible says we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially any sin that distracts us, so we can run the race that lies ahead of us. And that race is to pursue Jesus. And God has an exciting race for every one of you to run this year. But you've got to get rid of the the stuff that's distracting you, the stuff that's slowing you down. But sometimes that's hard to do. Anybody have a hard time cleaning out the stuff in your house? (laughs) You haven't used it for 10 years, but it's still there. (laughs) It's in the storage. It's up there. It's dusty. You never see it. You never use it. You never think about it, but you don't ever throw it away. Why is that so hard to do? Why is getting rid of old stuff or maybe even some old bad habits so hard? Write this down. It's hard because you've had them a long time. Maybe you've been collecting those bad habits since childhood. And maybe you've been practicing those bad habits since childhood. You've had them a long time. Next, it's hard because they have a payoff. I mean, we always repeat whatever gives us a reward. You repeat whatever gives you a payoff. I mean, if you moms say to your family, dinner's ready, but nobody comes to the table, what do you do? You try something different. Dinner's ready, you better be down here in three minutes or you're going to miss the meal, and suddenly they come, right? You yell that at the top of your lungs. And so you begin to repeat the yelling at most every meal because you were rewarded the first time you yelled. They responded, and they got to the table. There was a payoff. We repeat some of the bad habits because there's some kind of payoff, some kind of feeling we get, some kind of response we get, and therefore, it's hard to stop doing some of those things. Next, write this down. It's hard because Satan fights you. He doesn't want you to get rid of your old life, your old ways of living. He doesn't want you to be more like Jesus. He doesn't want you to change and pursue Christ better. So he will fight you. But the Bible says that if in the name of Jesus we resist the devil, the Bible guarantees us he will flee from you. Amen? Resist him and he will flee from you. How do you pursue change? It requires coaching. It requires the truth of God. It requires new thinking. It requires some house cleaning. And change requires community. Folks, beyond a coach, you need a group of people in your life who love you who tell you the truth when you mess up, who encourage you, who pray for you, who who will walk through life with you. You need a small group of people, a Christ-centered community of people. I call it, and Carlos and I call it, the C-group, the C-group community. And that's why we make such a big deal about being in a C-group because there you can make change throughout your life. But... You can't make lasting change. You can't stay true to those changes without a loving, Christ-centered, praying, small group. 
to walk through life with you. To make real changes, you need your church family support. And the Bible says this about that. No more pretense. Tell your neighbor, tell your small group the truth. Let them know what's going on in your life. In Christ's body, we're all connected to each other. Listen, Canyon Hills is a church family for people who don't have it all together. Amen? Our sign says outside, no perfect people allowed. Amen? (laughs) If you're perfect, go someplace else, folks. Never thought you'd hear me say that, right? If you're perfect, just go someplace else. Because you're, you're not going to be happy here with all of us imperfect people. We're trying to pursue Jesus. We're trying to get it right. But we're not perfect. And so we admit that we're not perfect. But we're also on a path to become more and more like Jesus. The Bible says be kind and loving to each other. Forgiving each other just as God forgave you in Christ. So just as God's been gracious to you, just as God has cut you a whole bunch of slack when you were not perfect, you're to cut others a bunch of slack when they blow it as well. That means, take a look at this, never use harmful words. When somebody blows it, when, when they mess up, never use harmful words, but speak only what's helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So here's some small group rules And really, life rules, really, church rules. Don't share what's shared in the group. Keep it confidential. Don't minimize other people's pain. They're hurting. Don't minimize it. Don't try to fix other people's problems. And then do change what you need to change. It's always easy to look and say, well, they need to change this. If they just change this, they'd be fixed. (laughs) No, look, look inside. And say, God, where do I need to pursue change? And you change as well. Folks, you need community to help you change. And you need to help other people change. So how do you pursue change? It requires coaching, truth of God, new thinking, cleaning house, community sport group. And then last, change requires faith. Faith. You must believe that with God's help, you can change. Sometimes we've been doing stuff for so long, we say, I, there's just no way. I've tried and tried and tried. There's no way I can get over this. There's no way I can overcome this. There's no way that God can heal me from this. You must believe that this year can be better because of pursuing Jesus with his help. The Bible says this, now by his mighty power at work within us, God is able to do far more than we would ever dare to ask or even dream. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, or hopes. Folks, we've got a mighty God who's at work within us. And He's willing to do more than we would ever dream or ask. It's time to have faith that God can do more in you and through you than you would ever dare ask Him to do or dream that He could do. It is time to have faith that God is mighty enough to help you make the changes that you need to make to better pursue Jesus and to become all that he's created you to be. Folks, this is the year. Now is the time. The question is, will you place your faith in him during this series to at least make one 
major change that He's telling you you need to make? Would you make this the time? Would you make this the year? You see, with Paul, you can claim this scripture. I can do all things through Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything through Him who infuses me with inner strength. How do you pursue change? Through faith. Folks, what do you have to do? Commit to make whatever change God puts on your heart during this series. And then get ready. Mount up. <laughs> Mount up and get ready to pursue Jesus better than you have ever pursued Him. Get ready to overtake and overcome that thing that's been holding you back. Get ready to change your position. Get ready to change your direction. So the question is this. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to make changes? Are you, are you ready to pursue Jesus? This week, would you please go home and get ready? And let's come back and let's get started to make some changes. Amen? Amen. Let's, let's let God work in us and through us. Let's let God change us to better pursue Him. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? And would you just pray as I pray this prayer? Pray it in your heart. Repeat it after me in your heart. Father God, you know what change you want me to make already. And God, I think I probably already know it too. But reveal it to me. And I will pursue change. This year, I want to better pursue being more like Jesus. Dear Heavenly Father, as we kick off these messages, I, I pray that you would help us as individuals and as a church family together to not just say, oh, here comes another series, but God, to open our hearts to you, to ready our hearts for what you want to do in us and through us. I pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen.